Hello, Jamie speaking. Hi, Jamie. It's Sugar Sammy calling. Yeah, how are you? Hey, good. And uh, and you? Oh, I am just wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for taking time. Sorry about the confusion. There's a, sorry, there's a, just confusion internally between us. No worries. Uh, but but thanks so much for uh, for accommodating us. No worries at all. It's a it's a pleasure to uh, to talk to you. Yeah, great. Yeah. Um. Should, um. I guess we'll just dive right in. I don't want to take up as, in a, as little time as yours as possible. Um, no worries. I have twenty five minutes before I got to take off. So. Oh yeah, no worries. Sure. We'll, we'll be well sure. over before then. Great. <laughs> um, so, okay. so you've been back on the road since early September in Canada. Um, how has that tour been going so far? It's been fun. I got to say, it's been so much fun. Um, it was great to revisit my uh, Canadian audience, uh, my Canadian fan base. Just uh, in every city, they've, uh, you know, fans that sometimes I hadn't seen for years. And the last time I'd done uh, something was hosting uh, the Just for Laughs tour in 2017. Um, and then before my, that, my last time I headlined across Canada, like this was in 2011. So it was long overdue. I, yeah, I was so busy with my Quebec tour and my France tour that, um, that it was, uh, it was one of those things that took up, uh, that took up a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of space, a lot of time. And then I, I just really, uh, was looking forward to doing this because it was, it's been on my mind for a while and it's been fantastic. It's been great to have the old fans come out, the newer fans, um, come visit all these pockets of fans, uh, from, uh, different backgrounds who've been, uh, uh, you know, asking me to come to their cities. It's been fun. Like, you know, now with France, I got this French audience. I have like former Quebecois and these, uh, this Francophone audience across the country as well. And like I have my pocket of, you know, Indian fans who've been loyal to me since a long time. And just overall, you know, uh, a general landscape of Canadians from every walk of life who've been, um, you know, it's been so diverse that it's been, uh, it's been pretty, uh, it's been pretty uh, sensational. I really have enjoyed this tour. That's, that sounds pretty awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. you you uh, you've been taking France by storm over the last little while. Uh, so that's your your new home, I guess. Yeah, I'm there six to eight months a year. I mean, I'm you know uh, there six to eight months a year, then back home six to eight months a year. But I'm never home when I'm home because I'm always touring somewhere. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's been it's definitely my second home. I would say now, um, and it's been great being there. It's been fun to adjust to another culture, not just on stage, but. Uh, but just as a human being trying to adapt to a different culture and, uh, and, uh, you know, immersing myself in a different, uh, in a different country. It's, it's been, um, it's been a great experience. And I think I've grown not only as a comic, but as a person from it. So it's been good. Oh, that's great. Um, how, how, how do, uh, the, the French audience or I guess the, yeah, the French audiences in France compared to audiences say in Canada or North America, uh, they're, they're the toughest audience, the most demanding audience I've ever had, and it's uh, actually upped my game, which is good. It, it forced me to just bring my A game and write A level material, and to make sure that uh, to to get them because they, you know they're they're not having it if you're throwing out easy jokes, easy material. So they're they're really demanding, and it's made me better coming back home. I think uh, you know people see the difference. My audience sees uh, uh, you know what level I've risen to since. That's, that's that's amazing. Yeah, it keeps they keep, they keep you on your toes. That's- yeah, it keeps you on my toes, and you keep growing. And I think that's so important. I think the day you stop growing is the day another kid passes you by, or, you know, surpasses you in this business. Uh, that hungrier, yeah. uh, you know, kid out there who just wants to like 
show that he or she is the best. I mean, that's when you, that's why you, you got to always keep improving, keep getting better and know that you're not the best one out there, but you know, always try to be. Just keep, yeah, keep hungry. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so now that you're on the road or I mean, you're always on the road, but right now you're on the road. Are there any bad habits that you get into on the road that once you get home are hard to break? Like, you know, eating out or, you know, stuff like that where you just get used to it and then you get home, you kind of turn yourself back over. You know what? I actually, I think I'm better on the road uh, (laughs) than I am. I'm yeah. I'm more disciplined on the road. I'll tell you, I have two things that make me more disciplined on the road. Number one, um, I don't have food available to me all the time. Oh, right. So, you know, we're eating out. So meaning I do have my meal, but I have that meal. And then four hours later, I, I'll have another meal here and there, but it's not like at home where there's a fridge full of food that I keep running to. So <laughs> that protects me from myself. Oh, so, nice. so I, so I'm the reverse of most people. So I'm, I'm actually more disciplined on the road and then I make great choices at the restaurants, you know, low carb, uh, try to keep, you know, egg whites, uh, uh, vegetables over starches. Like, yeah, I'm that guy. Nice. And then uh, when I'm home also, one thing that I don't have on the road that I have at home that protects me for myself on the road is uh, my parents. Oh, right. Because I visit, I visit my parents almost every day when I'm at home, and you know how it is, man. You visit your parents. They always think you look too skinny. Yeah, yeah, they're trying they, to feed they're you. Gonna, <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, try stuffing you like a Thanksgiving turkey. <laughs> <laughs> totally true. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. It's, you have the structure on either side. I just, yeah, a lot of people I know... Uh, um, that I've talked to, they get on the road and it's just, they get into these places where they start, you know, eating all this crap and then they get back home. And they're like, Oh, now I got to be clean. It's, it's nice to have the, the balance on both sides of your, your sort of personality or life, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so talking about some of your writing, um, with the current, I know you probably had this lots before talking about the current climate of like hypersensitivity. Um, right. how does that play in, if any, a role in your approach to writing a new bit? Um, it doesn't, I mean, to me, I think the best, uh, way to write, and I think my audience expects this of me is that, you know, I like crossing lines. I always have, um, the best way to write is to, you know, I usually think your first idea when some, some idea sparks, you know, something happens and you, you try to create a bit, the first idea is always the best one. Now, if you already start putting filters on that first idea by going, I can't say this, I can't talk about that, I can't really, you know, go on this territory, you've eliminated the best idea, yeah. you know, right away. So I tell myself, just write, um, and put it out there and see what happens. I mean, with comics, our one of our advantages is we get to test material out in front of a sample audience when we go to these open mics and we have these like secret shows where people know there's no consequence and let's see just testing stuff and then you see whether it works or not you know okay. right there before you bring it to a, a larger audience so i think that helps us to see if it works or not i always think if it's funny it's gonna make the cut if the audience is laughing it'll make the cut but what happens is I think it's it's a great challenge for comics right now because of this hypersensitivity. My challenge is how do I make this edgy material, this edgy uh, subject matter work within this hypersensitive uh, atmosphere? And the, the, the answer always is the writing. The writing has to be better. Okay. I mean, you can get away with a, with a, a bit that's um, that crosses the line if it's really well written. And in this show... I mean, I go on to all kinds of territories, <laughs> politics, religion, 
sexuality, uh, you know, the LGBTQ community, the trans community, everything's in there. But it's how you approach it. It's how, you know, how how, uh, how much time you take to really write the material and and you respect the work. I think that's what audiences want too. It's like, yeah, you can talk about these things, but make it at least make it intelligent, you know. Yeah. So at least make your writing work so that it's, it's it's a new point of view. It's not just an easy throwaway joke. So I mean, that's what I think the audiences are demanding through all this hypersensitivity, and I think this is how it works. That, it, it, you know, material ends up working. That you know? makes complete sense. It kind of weeds out the, I guess, uh, yeah, they, like you said, like kind of like the easy joke writers that are pretty much just writing the essence of like a dick and fart joke, but just pointing to whatever the current hot topic is. Uh, exactly. That, that makes it, and it's a, and it's a, it's a respect thing too, I guess. So that, yeah, you're, you're respecting the work and you're respecting your audience. You know? Yeah. That makes complete sense. Well, that's, it's good to, it's good to see. I, I always wonder that with, uh, with, um, any sort of joke writing or any sort of writing period, if there was any sort of play on that, but that makes sense. Um, in, in keeping on with your writing, um, so I understand that you're quadlingual. You speak four languages. Um, yeah. Does that ever, uh, like, not hurt your writing, but hinder your process? <clears throat> you might approach a joke that you're writing for, <clears throat> say, an English an English joke in an English language, and then, uh, but you start thinking about it from, like, a different cultural aspect. Does it get more, I guess, more complicated when you have to kind of take um, in all those into, into consideration? No, I think it actually comes and colors my comedy. It actually adds dimension to it, you know, because um, the adaptation, whenever I, I write material, it's not just linguistic, it's cultural. Meaning my, my French show in Quebec is not even is not even close to being the same as my French show in France. It's two very different shows, you know, and, um, you know, uh, it's the way I approach it is, is through, okay, I'm in a different country. Here's uh, what I see. Here's what I observe. I'm going to write something that you know doesn't take away the essence of who I am, but creates a bridge between myself and them. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, I, wherever I go, I kind of end up doing that. And I think you know, having different languages, uh, and I think there are studies that have proven that. Um, I think opens up another dimension in your brain. And I think I'm able to think in all of these languages and create in all of these languages. And uh, wherever um, I, I I, I go and perform, I'm able to sometimes take that material and adjust it linguistically for uh, an audience. Meaning sometimes I'll write something in French and I'm like, oh, this was actually good enough. This could work in English too. Rework it in English, have that material out, and people will go, wow, that was, that bit doesn't sound like anything we've seen in North America. Like it has a different cadence to it, a different approach to it, and it's because I wrote it in French first. But it ends up working, yeah. I think it just ends up differentiating you from from everybody else in, in the landscape, in the comedic landscape, you know. That's very that's very interesting. That was actually my next question. If it was uh, something that you've done where you sort of repurpose a joke that you wrote in one language and then change it over because of you know maybe cultural or societal differences for that language bases, you have to uh, you know swap out this for that because it makes more sense in French. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. I mean, like you know, I have a, a whole. Um, uh, bit in my uh, in my show about my Polish girlfriend, so I talk about her. But <clears throat> you know, I wrote it in English first, and then I went when I was in France. I was like, "Do you guys have a big Polish um, demographic in France?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, absolutely." Oh, I'm like, "Perfect." I tried it; it worked even better in French. <laughs> I mean, it's material that <clears throat> I think um, 
it's material that I think is so universal sometimes that it could end up working in either language. But then there's some material that's so culturally specific that it won't work anywhere else. Meaning like there's stuff that I have in Quebec about the referendum and about Jacques Parizeau and about, um, you know, the uh, protection of the French language that doesn't work anywhere. in France yeah. or, or anywhere else in England. Yeah. It'll never work. Yeah. It'll, and in the rest of Canada, you know, it might get like, yeah, we kind of get it, but it's not as, uh, it doesn't hit home as hard, you know? Yeah, that makes complete so, sense. Yeah, so that's why there's some material that you just write for that culture. And you're not going to say to yourself, well, I'm not going to work on this because it'll only serve me in one market and uh, it's too much work for one market. You're like, no, this material is inspiring me. I got to sit down and write it, see where it goes. It could be amazing. And then how, why deprive myself? It's like, you know, put some time in and who knows? It's material I love writing anyways. And if one audience loves it, you know, it serves its purpose. That's perfect. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. It's just re really interesting to see uh, in watching your stuff, the switch between, you know, watching you do a French uh, set or watching you do, you know, some of your English pieces. And I took French version in high school. I can understand it. I don't speak it very well, but uh, it just has like, it's like, it has your voice, but has a very different, uh, uh, like a very different audience that you're reaching out to, sometimes. Yeah. And it's it's really interesting to see that, uh, like two sides of your brain almost. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I don't even know how I do it, <laughs> but yeah, it's great. It's really interesting. Um, I saw so in talking about politics, uh, I saw there was you know everything. Everybody's talking about this Trudeau brown face, dark makeup thing. Um, I saw that you said a few things about it. How quickly did you feel that people were turning to you, waiting for you to kind of voice your opinion about it? I mean, no one was really <laughs> waiting for me to voice my opinion. I just wrote material for it and then set it on, you know, put it up on stage. I mean, you saw the bit on uh, yeah. YouTube or on Facebook, right? Yeah, exactly. yeah I mean, it's, I've been just currently, it's been crazy that, you know, I like writing things that, you know, speak to me as well. And I mean, there's no way I could avoid that topic. It, to me, it was like, uh, no one was talking about the obvious elephant in the room, which was how dark he went with it. And I'm like, yeah. well, that's how, I was like, Hey man, I there's a picture of him with two brown guys and you can't even see him, yeah, you know, yeah. next to them. Like they look white next to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, um, it was just the contrast of the level like that he went. And so, um, but it was also, I mean, there's some so much underlying uh, message in there, which was, you know, it wasn't a big deal to yeah. us, even though it was, um, everybody was taken aback. You're like, okay, uh, it didn't, uh, you know, I don't think that uh, one incident uh, made for many people to, you know, change their minds or, or define who they were going to vote for. I think people are going to vote. Um, on things they should vote for, which is policy and, uh, yeah. and you know, what their interests are, where their interests lie, which, you know, most people, it's like, you know, the economy, uh, affordability, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the level of, uh, you know, the, you know, climate change, uh, health, education, all the, all this, all this classic things that we all look at for in terms of, uh, policies for different parties and, and how the rest of, uh, you know, the next four years are going to be led for us. So I think most people have been looking that way for me. I mean, it's always interesting whenever there is an election, Yeah, there's definitely more political talk and politics are all over, uh, the news and, and, and everybody's minds. And I think that unites us as Canadians and me being on tour at the same time as a federal election is just a gift. Especially because there's been so much drama during this federal election. So, I mean, I come up on stage. I think I've written a couple more things since that as well that um, I'm going to try out tonight. 
which I think are going to work well too. And, and, you know, just going to keep talking about it because people thinking about it and they want, they, I think they want to laugh about it. As Canadians, we have that tradition of laughing about, um, our own politics as well as, you know, world politics. Um, you know, we have that great tradition of, uh, you know, Royal Canadian Air Force, this hour is 22 minutes, the Rick Mercer report, like things like that, you know, but, um, you don't see it on stage as much as I'd like to. And I, I think to me, Canadian politics is very interesting. It is very interesting because it's, uh, it's very Canadian. It's very, um, uh, like attacks aren't like they are in the, the kind of the rest of the world, at least in not in how they are in the United States where it's like, uh, uh, it's almost like, Hey, look at this thing, but they don't really, um, it's not as dramatic. And then everybody's it's like, not as dramatic, but it's starting to be like this campaign. Yeah, yeah, this campaign has been like pretty dirty and yeah. I was like, for Canadians. I was surprised. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely, it's definitely a new generation of, uh, of, of politics across the world, but it's, it's like slowly leaking to Canada, but it's still like every time there's something happening, it's wait for the apology, you know, there's something, and there's something almost funny about it because it's nothing, you know, with this brown face thing or dark makeup thing. It's not like it happened a week ago. It's from, you know, almost 18 years ago. So it's really weird to be brought up now. And, uh, yeah, it's just interesting. But I imagine for you, that's a ton of, uh, like you said, it's a ton of stuff you can bring up in your, you know, information you can pull from and, in and stuff for your, for your writing. For sure. I mean, look, if, you know, I think, uh, I think politics, especially uh, these days is like the gift that keeps on giving, you know, I think, uh, Donald Trump being president saved so many comedic careers. Uh, in the states, uh, <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah. uh, so I, I think I, you know I've always said this: whatever's bad for humanity is great for comedy. Yeah. So, uh, so the Canadian election campaign is just a fantastic gift right now. <laughs> it's, it's very true. Well, it's it's uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting. <laughs> it's interesting to see. Yeah. And as comedian or from a, a fan of comedians uh, since I was very young, it's always been not where I've gotten my information from, but it's kind of like to see the more uh, humanized side of, of the dark stuff that's going on. So you see something bad in politics and then you see a comedian write a joke about it and it kind of, uh, you know, adds a human... It's comforting. Yeah, it's yeah. comforting. And you know somebody else, else out there is having a similar thought as you and just kind of go, this is all kind of a joke, you know? Um, yeah. So it's it's very interesting to see. And, but uh, yeah, so I, just, I, I saw you write something about that and I thought, I wonder, because it kind of like with social media and stuff, people kind of see something happen and kind of reach out to their heroes or the people they love and say, Hey, what do you think about this? So I thought right, right. maybe that's where that came from. Um, I just have one last question for you. Uh, something we ask everybody. Um, sure. is there any lesser known or under the radar, uh, artist comedian that you think people should check out? It doesn't have to be a comedian. It could be a musician or writer or painter, somebody that you're really into, um, that you yeah. kind of want to people to check out. Um, let me see. Uh, well, comedians, I, you know, I always feel like there's some, some comedians in Montreal, definitely that I think people should check out. Uh, there's my opening act who I really love. His name is Wasim El Munzer. Okay. So yeah, people should check him out next time he's in their town for sure. Uh, another guy named Massimo. Look him up. He's nuts. This guy's awesome. He's from Montreal. He's this guy I could watch for six hours straight he just has not only is he hilarious but he's got hilarious behavior between jokes on stage he's just naturally like that one that one of those naturally funny guys yeah um 
So I would say those two uh, comedians, I think uh, people should uh, keep an eye f- uh, out for whenever they come to their town. Perfect. That's that's amazing. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll put that up and let people uh, check out links. We'll find some links to them, get everybody to check them out. But uh, that's all Great. I have. For oh, you. I have another one. Oh, I have one more. Who's that? Yeah, he's uh, actually British. Uh, look him up. His name is Deliso. Chapanda. He's actually from Malawi, but works in England. He won. He uh, placed third in Britain's Got Talent, and he's killing it in the UK right now. He was. He used to tour uh, Canada as well, and now he's uh, he's a big star in the UK. So people should check him out oh, and uh, and actually make sure he comes to Canada again. All right, perfect. That's yeah. We I will definitely uh, add some uh, information about these guys and uh, get people to check them out. That's very much appreciated. And, Amazing. Uh, Thank you so much for your time. I truly appreciate it. And I hope you have a, enjoyed your show tonight and the rest of your tour in Canada. Okay, thanks so much, John. Thanks for taking the time. No problem. Thanks so much. You have a great day. Okay, you too. Thanks. Bye. Bye.